As the ongoing conflict between Israel and Hamas resumes following a seven-day temporary ceasefire, we wanted to share insights about what impact events in the Middle East have had on Europe. There have been concerns that the conflict may have increased the risk of terrorism across the continent. So is that true? And what can you do to keep your people safe? Hello and welcome to this Global Situation podcast from International SOS, the leading health and security risk services company. I'm Chris Giles. Well, in this episode, I'm joined by our lead security analyst for Europe, Taryn Nidja. And Taryn, some people listening to this podcast may either be based in Europe or travelling there on business. And they want to know what impact the conflict between Israel and Hamas has had on the continent. Sure. So I think, you know, that question we got a lot in terms of has the risk of terrorism increased across Europe? I mean, I think the question was kind of answered by itself. It took less than a week for the first incident to materialize. So I believe it was on the 13th of October, there was a fatal stabbing of a teacher in northern France. And then three or four days later, a gunman killed two Swedish nationals in Brussels. Both of them, they did pledge allegiance to Islamic State. But I think we need to contextualize this somewhat and put it into a little bit of perspective. So if we look back to 2022, the entirety of that year, there were only two successful terror attacks throughout Europe. But then we looked to October this year and we had two in the space of three or four days. So immediately there were these concerns that Europe was going to be struck, I guess, by a wave of incidents, some sort of revival to what we may have seen in 2015 or 2016. I think the short brief and pretty blunt answer to the question is yes, there is an increased risk of terror-related incidents across Europe. If we look to the why, I mean, ultimately, it's a highly emotive conflict what we're seeing in the Middle East. And for those already radicalized individuals, many of whom will most likely be poring over graphic images and certain material, this could just be the final trigger for them that pushes them into actually undertaking an attack. Beyond this, we've also seen the online chatter across various social media channels has spiked. Much of it has actually entailed people condoning terror attacks. We've even seen certain material from the early 2000s resurfacing across these platforms. And I think just finally on that, it's worth noting that about a week after the 7th of October, ISIS published an editorial, amongst other things, calling for attacks on allies of Israel to include Europe. So... Is the terror threat level increase that you just explained purely a result of what's happened in the Middle East, or is it more nuanced than that? Yeah, exactly. I think it's definitely more nuanced than that. And I think on this point, it's important that we we take a step back and comment on the fact that there were already signs that Europe was being increasingly targeted prior to the 7th of October attacks. So if we look back at the several Quran burning incidents that took place across various Nordic countries, This sort of refocused the spotlight on Europe somewhat. And then earlier this year, the French interior minister, they actually stated that they were concerned of a resurgence of Islamist terror attacks. Ultimately, I mean, our assessment dovetails with other intelligence agencies that have either raised their terror threat levels. So that would be France, which is now at the highest, or Belgium, which I believe is at the third highest. All those countries that have extended or reinstated border control measures within Europe. So at this point, that's no less than seven countries, France, Sweden, Austria, Germany, Denmark, Italy and Slovenia. And many of them are citing the Balkan smuggling route as a potential avenue for infiltration. And where would you say the risk may be highest? So I think a good way to approach this is just to look at historical precedent. So if we think about countries that have faced several attacks in the past, we're obviously looking at the UK. France, Belgium as well, 
Denmark, Sweden and Germany too. And in terms of the politics surrounding the events in the Middle East, how is it playing into the terrorism threat level? Yeah, it's a good question. So I'll, I'll start with the EU. I mean, it's been mired in controversy from the start with announcements immediately that they were going to suspend all development aid to Palestine. They then had to make a U-turn on this, but I, I'd argue the damage was already done. Ultimately, I mean, in reality, it's not likely that EU statements in the first few days or first few weeks would have had a tangible impact on the conflict. But the rhetoric coming out of EU institutions has been perceived by a lot of people to be a pretty toothless response. Some have even argued that they've been more concerned about semantics and word choice. And this has really just exacerbated a lot of concerns, I guess, and, and complaints by people on the ground. So you have a lot of people looking at and judging the EU response on Ukraine with the EU response on, on the conflict in the Middle East. And it's these sort of frustrations, like I mentioned earlier, that could potentially be that, that final sort of trigger to push them over the edge in terms of actually undertaking and committing an attack. And what about the domestic politics? Sure. So, I mean, the statements of prime ministers, presidents, uh, those who set foreign policy, they're really being scrutinized quite closely at the moment by the respective populations. So if we just quickly zoom in on the UK, both the Conservatives and the Labour Party have been criticized by various groups and parts of the population on their response. This has likely amplified a lot of the protests that we've been seeing on the ground. But if we bring it more to the terrorism angle, Radicalized individuals, they also could be spurred on by a feeling that their elected leaders are not either doing enough or saying enough to bring the war to a conclusive end. And Taryn, we're entering the festive season and there's a lot of Christmas markets and celebrations that will take place across Europe in December. Do you think these events have heightened risk of being targeted? Sure, yeah. It's a, it's a question we've got quite a lot over the past few years. Again, I, I think it's a well-founded question. I mean, if we look back at 2016, there was the truck attack on a Christmas market in Berlin, and then a couple of years later uh, on a Christmas market in Strasbourg, and probably some other foiled and failed attempts that we, we don't know about. I mean, ultimately, you've got an uptick in tourism, an increased number of people out and about in public spaces, so we'd probably be burying our heads in the sand somewhat if we didn't think there was a threat during this period. And I think the threat became quite real in Europe following the news on the 29th of November that two German teenagers were actually arrested and accused of plotting a terror attack on a Christmas market in the western German city of Leverkusen. So officials said that they were considering getting petrol and using it in the explosion of a small truck. That being said, I do want to caveat this somewhat and hammer home a point that I've been looking at, some data I've been examining. Between 2010 and 2020, which actually indicates that there is no seasonal pattern to terrorist attacks, at least in Western Europe, which is in reality where we see most of the attacks. But ultimately, such attacks are as likely during summer months as during the winter period. So hopefully that would allay concern somewhat. That being said, I understand that those fears are still there. What should be expected is probably an increase in security around these events and just a little bit more policing. So to those who are used to seeing such security force deployments, it should be reassuring. To those such as myself from the UK where we rarely see police with guns, it could be a little bit concerning. Obviously, their role, though, is there to protect and for the most part, prevent these sorts of incidents from happening. So what advice can we recommend for those who are currently in or planning to visit Europe over the next month or so? So I think the first point would be there's likely to be a, a visibly heightened security force presence. I was speaking to our, our colleagues in Paris recently, and they said that following that attack I mentioned earlier, they've seen a big deployment of troops on the streets. 
and also where I'm based in, in Madrid, so in Spain, they've mentioned that they're going to boost security measures at sensitive points. And I, I've definitely seen this around certain tourist locations and government buildings. I think the second point would be time frame. So something clients really need to think about is how long such security measures might be in place. Our assessment would be that the terror threat level has increased for the medium term for at least the coming months. You know, this isn't just going to be a short uptick. And there might be a slightly jittery feeling across the continent during this period. So definitely one thing to keep in mind. Okay, Taran, thanks so much for all your analysis of the situation. Welcome, Chris. Well, that's all for now. But just a reminder that you can access all the latest information and updates on Israel and the Palestinian territories from our website at internationalsos.com. And from there, you can find out about our global network of assistance centres. They're available to clients 24-7. But until next time, thanks very much for listening and goodbye. Goodbye.